Welcome to a special episode of The Business Part, where we discuss the business part of the music business. This episode is inspired by recent events. As I'm sure we're all aware, a strain of coronavirus has been spread worldwide, and in the U.S., it's led to responses that quickly evolved over a matter of days from just event cancellations to recommended social distancing And now we're on to mandatory closings of many public spaces, including schools, restaurants, bars, nightclubs, etc. So right now, a lot of people are trying to maintain a sense of normalcy, but they're dealing with things like working remotely, uh, losing access to their favorite hobbies, shortages in stores, and things of that nature. And it seems like small business owners and many entrepreneurs are having a harder time adjusting than others. And I definitely count independent musicians as entrepreneurs. So for entrepreneurs, there's no one to tell us how to adjust our tasks and our work schedules. Like a lot of people I know who have ended up working remotely, you know, there's somebody to tell them, okay, today is the day you have to start working remotely And you have to use this platform and here are some recommended strategies and actions to take to do your job remotely. Um, You know, their pay is guaranteed. They're told what benefits they get. Uh, For us, that's not the case. Some of us can do our jobs remotely. Some can't. But, you know, with the way people are reacting to the pandemic, for a lot of us, it's hard to predict what cash flow is going to look like. That goes for musicians, as well as gym owners that I know, uh, hairstylists, all sorts of people are just dealing with uncertainty as far as what the future holds for them and their business or career. So I know some musicians, some artists right now, um, including some that I work with, unfortunately, that have had several performances and whole tours canceled. So while a lot of places are dealing with, you know, two week, uh, you know, some version of a quarantine for a couple of weeks. I know people who have had tours that were scheduled three and four months out and the entire things are just canceled right now. Um, And right now it's very easy to get discouraged if you're one of the people who's dealing with that. And from what I'm seeing with the rate that the recommended uh, size of gatherings is decreasing, I feel like that's probably about every entertainer right now is dealing with things being canceled left and right. Um, So the purpose of this episode is to drive home the importance of finding ways that you can still maintain and grow your career during this time. And I feel it's important for a couple of reasons. One, it's not like anyone is hiring right now. So you can't go back to your day job or get a second job like you might be able to during other times when money is low. Um, And two, eventually these conditions will change. Eventually there will be a need for entertainment again. So you don't want to sacrifice all your momentum. You definitely don't want to get in a headspace where you're sitting on the couch thinking, this is it, I'll never bounce back. You know, this is it for me and my career. Um, You know, there are a few things that you can do to maintain momentum. And depending on where you are in your career, maybe even grow your momentum in a way, if not financially. Like these are there are opportunities right now to where you can grow your fan base and engage your fan base in new ways. So the recommendations that I have coming up in this episode, a couple of them are about how to react to a disaster like this one. And some of the recommendations are about how to set yourself up to be better prepared if something like this happens in the future. 
And when I refer to the future, I don't necessarily mean a, a worldwide pandemic like this one. It could be a situation where maybe you're opening for someone and their tour gets canceled, or maybe you're going on your first tour and it gets canceled for whatever reason. Um, maybe you end up in a situation where you have some down months and you just can't get shows or you might live in a, in an area where you do shows locally and the place where you live ends up suffering from a smaller scale disaster. You just never know. So it's good to put yourself in the best position possible. So for a lot of these recommendations, I'm not going to go into the how those are for future episodes. Um, or future social media posts, but if you want more info immediately, feel free to visit moneyfrommusic.com. Go to the contact section and send me an email. Once again, that's moneyfrommusic.com. All right, so let's get into it. The first recommendation that I have is to increase electronic engagement with your fan base. Now's the time to do that, especially if you've been putting it off. So hopefully if you're at a point in your career where you're doing live shows regularly enough to be significantly impacted by the kinds of quarantines and cancellations we're seeing right now, um, you've also built some good habits when it comes to engaging with your fans. And by that, I mean you have a growing email list, you're sending emails out regularly, you have current content on your website, and you're posting regularly on social media. You know, maybe you even have merch that you sell online, right? So if you're doing all that, then that means you have fans that hear from you regularly and may expect to hear from you regularly. And right now is a good time to amp that up. So number one, communicate about the cancellation. You know, let them hear the news from you too. So if you were supposed to perform at a festival or some other type of event, they might have heard that the festival is canceled. And it's also a good idea to put out a personal message via your own social media to your fans, letting them know that you're disappointed about the cancellation and that you'll, of course, keep them on top of uh, future performances and future appearances. If it's a situation like this one where it's a worldwide pandemic definitely express your sympathy, you know, let them know that you understand that a lot of people are going through uh, some challenging times right now, whether it's that, you know, they are directly dealing with uh, the specific illness that's going around or any type of illness, or maybe they're a person that's been laid off or they're, you know, struggling with covering costs because they saw a decrease before a layoff, like many of our service workers did. So express your sympathy um, and just make sure that they hear from you when, with regards to any cancellation, even if it's not a pandemic, even if it's just a regular, like something happened at the venue show got canceled. It's always a good idea to just say something um, and give, uh, give people a place to communicate with you and, and comment back. Uh, so the next thing that you want to do during a time like this is try going live more often on Instagram and Facebook. And I, I named those two platforms just because they seem to be the, the most active places for live videos right now. But, you know, even posting a TikTok video or posting a video on Twitter is a good idea. But as far as going live, it gives you uh, certain additional opportunities, right? So for one thing right now, a lot of people are sitting at home with nothing to do. So a live set by an artist that they like or a DJ that they like will be well received. 
and you'll probably get more engagement than normal because people are sitting there, they're able to watch it longer than normal. Um, they're less likely to scroll past it, you know, while they're out running errands or doing whatever it is they during the day. And they're also more likely to share it because they know that their friends are sitting at home with nothing to do. So if they're an artist that they like pops up and says, hey, I'm going to do a live set for the next 30 minutes or what have you, they're more likely to share it. Um, you know, even if just to break the monotony that's on everybody's news feeds right now. Uh, so that's a good idea. And I would say if you do something like this, try to give it a caption so that when people see it, they kind of know it's for entertainment purposes. So, you know, if you're a rapper, you might want to do like a Freestyle Friday or a Cypher Saturday. Um, I saw one DJ that said something like um, a living room dance party or something like that. Uh, one artist did a live session and he called it Sunday Night Groove Session. Or if you do it in the middle of the week, you can call it maybe a Wednesday night groove session, you know, just to help you get through your week. Something like that so that you know that your fans um, and other people who watch the video know that you're doing it for entertainment. Um, and this keeps you on your fans' minds during this time where you're not doing shows and, you know, maybe there's a lot of other distracting things going on. This helps keep you at the front of their minds. And it could also increase their affinity toward you as fans. Because now, not only are they thinking about you at a time when they might not have been previously, but now it's like, okay, they're going through this tough time and maybe there's nothing they can particularly do in the moment, but they're feeling stressed. And here's this bright spot in their newsfeed or this bright spot in their notifications that's kind of lifting the mood a little bit. And a lot of people do appreciate that. So uh, something else that you might want to consider, especially if music is one of your main sources of income, is having a virtual tip jar whenever you go live on Instagram and Facebook. So that's another opportunity that going live on one of these on one of these platforms affords you. So you could do that in a couple of ways. Um, if you use Facebook Live enough to where you're able to uh, schedule your live videos and you have access to the extra features that Facebook provides, then you could do this with a digital layover on the screen, right? And you could have your Venmo or a Cash App or a merch link on the layover. If you don't have access to those features, then you could just write it on a whiteboard or a poster board that you have in the shot with you. Or if you have friends that you know uh, have a little bit of time on their hands, you could have them go and just write in the comments that uh, that people can send tips and donations to you at a certain Venmo name or a certain Cash App link, things like that. And one more thing that you might want to do if you're going to use this live sessions idea is to send out an email both before and after. So if you decide to do a live session like this on a Wednesday night, then you could send out an email earlier in the day on Wednesday to your email list and just say, hey, don't forget to join me tonight at 6 p.m. I'll be doing a live set on Facebook. I hope to see you all there. Please share the link, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then once you're done with the live set, uh, Facebook always gives you an option when you go live to either get rid of the recording or to save it and post it on your page. Post it on your page and then send that link out with the next email. Say, hey, in case you missed it, I went live on Wednesday night. Here's a video of that set. Um, we're going to do it again next Wednesday. Hope to see you there. 
So those are all options and things that you can do to engage fans. And if the virtual tip jar works for you, you can also make a little bit of money while you're not uh, while you're not doing gigs and you don't have that source of income. So the next uh, recommendation that I have is another reaction to situations like this, and that is to stay in touch with promoters and organizers. So if you are booked through a booking agent, this might not be relevant to you because uh, more than likely that agent handles all the direct communication with the promoters and organizers. Um, So just follow the parts of this recommendation that are applicable to you. Uh, So, for example, if you weren't already in touch with a certain promoter, there's no need to track them down to try to talk to them. But if you're a person that's doing the booking yourself or for some reason you have been in touch with promoters or event organizers or venue owners, um, when they reach out to you about the cancellation, you know, try to be sympathetic. Uh, You don't want to be angry at them, especially if it's not your fault. So just try to maintain a positive image of yourself. Like they're probably feeling the effects of this too. And I know it can be really upsetting to get a cancellation, especially with this situation with uh, the coronavirus early on, there were some people who were canceling things when it was still questionable whether or not things needed to be canceled. I remember when South by Southwest was first canceled, a lot of people were upset by that. They thought it was unnecessary. They thought people were going overboard. People were upset about uh, about the city sending out the mandate that led to it being canceled. And, you know, fast forward a week, and I feel like not many people would really argue with that decision right now, you know? So just be aware that people are feeling the effects of it. New information comes out daily. And so while you might have certain feelings when you first hear about a cancellation, regardless of the reason, just try not to take it out on the promoters and organizers. That's how they make their money. They definitely wouldn't be canceling any sort of show if they didn't have to. So um, something else that you want to do is find out the best way to stay in touch regarding future opportunities. So let's say, for example, you did end up getting um, a performance slot at a festival like South by Southwest. Well, the person that you've been in touch with, uh, South by Southwest might not be the only event that they work with, you know, so definitely let them know that you're open to other opportunities. Um, If it's a situation where the, the, the return to normalcy seems like it it might be a little bit more well-defined. You might even be able to plan something. In a situation like this, uh, most people aren't really sure how long it'll be before we return to normal activity. So that might not be something that you do in this situation, but in other situations with cancellations, you could find out if there are other opportunities that you could look into. Um, and also, you want to make sure that if you had a show canceled where you were headlining or one of the main people on the bill. Um, If it's your responsibility, make sure and get in touch with your supporting acts and your session musicians as soon as possible. Don't wait or hold off on that. As soon as you know, they need to know. Um, That's just the courteous thing to do. Um, And it definitely paints you in a better light as far as a working musical professional.
The next recommendation that I have for you is more so related to preparation. Something that you can do to prepare yourself for future cancellations, whether it's due to a situation like this one or cancellations for some other reason. So I know I just talked about being sympathetic towards promoters, and it's probably the only time that you'll ever hear me say that. But that applies in situations where the items outlined in the contract have been upheld. So in situations where those haven't been upheld, sympathy might not be called for. So what does this mean for you in terms of preparation? I think being acquainted with the items in your contract is one of uh, the best ways that an artist can be prepared uh, if something like a a cancellation or any other change in an appearance or gig were to take place. So in every situation, you should have a contract in place. Now, most nightclubs and bars don't do contracts, so if you're listening to this and you're an artist that typically plays in bars and things like that, don't feel like someone's wronged you somewhere. Um, That might not be the case. But right now, we're seeing a lot of cancellations of things like special events, private parties, festivals, weddings, things like that. Those should all have some sort of contract in place. So as an artist, what you want to do is make sure you make a habit of negotiating the terms of your contract. Um, There might be some situations where someone comes to you with terms that are agreeable off the top. You don't really have to talk about it. You don't have to think about it. As soon as the words come out of your mouth, you're like, out of their mouth, you're like, oh, this is great. And you go with it, right? Um, I feel like that's relatively rare. You know, usually even if it's that the pay is great, there might be some other terms that are not as agreeable. For example, I've, I've worked with musicians that will agree to a rate for a wedding, but then a few weeks before a wedding, before the wedding or the wedding reception, they'll get like this whole list of songs that the wedding planner wants them to learn. And it requires like learning new songs and rehearsals and all these other things that weren't accounted for when they first discussed the rate, right? <laughs> so things like um, being paid for rehearsal time and learning new music, those are things besides the pay that might be in a contract that you might want to negotiate. But anyway, I digress. You want to make a habit of just paying attention to the terms of the contract and negotiating when you need to. Don't be afraid to do that. Um, so in situations where you provide the contract, Negotiation is probably very simple, especially if they agree to your terms. So it's your contract. You should know what's in it. You send it to them. And unless they have some sort of dispute or concern about what's in it, they sign it and they send it back. Very easy. But when you're receiving the contract from someone else, um, just make sure that you read through it. And I know that sounds like a very simple recommendation, but sometimes people don't read through the contract very well. You know, so even if it's somebody that you've worked with before and you're getting another contract from the same person, still read through it. Don't assume that the contract that you're getting is similar to what it was before. If it's somebody new that you're working with, don't just assume that their contract is similar to yours and that their terms are similar to yours. Um, Don't even assume that what you discussed over the phone or via email is what's actually in the contract. If it's something that you talked about, make sure it's in there, especially if it's something that's important to you. Don't skim through it. Don't, you know, don't try to skip through it. Don't have somebody else read it for you. Or you could have somebody else read it for you, but you should read it too. Um, Read it. Understand it. If something doesn't make sense, ask about it. Because you never know what part of that contract might come into play. So, for example, 
I've had people emailing me and asking like, hey, so especially early on when uh, some of the cancellations first started and the question was like, well, this person canceled an event uh, and they said it was because of the coronavirus, but the estimated size of the crowd uh, is under what the what the current mandate says. So I think I know in Austin at first it was like 2,500 people. You could have a gathering of 2,500 people. So if you were set to perform in a venue where the the max capacity was 500, even counting staff, that wouldn't be 2,500 people. And so you know if someone had something canceled, they were like, well, wait a minute. The coronavirus is, you know, technically a natural disaster, but also this person didn't have to cancel. So does that count as something being canceled due to an act of God? And for that, I would say <laughs> um, consult with a legal professional on something like that. I'm, I'm not even going to give a response to that here on air. I'm just stating that as an example of one of the things that a lot of people assume isn't going to come into play. And then it does. So you want to know what your contract says in terms of that to even know if it's something that you should bring up in the first place. Otherwise, it just sort of happens and you might not even know if there's a possibility of, you know, taking in any sort of uh, any sort of course of action in response to that. So read your contract, understand it, ask if something doesn't make sense. You also want to make a habit of upholding the items of the of the contract. So if someone falls short in an area, don't let it slide. Even if it doesn't really bug you, just for the sake of setting your own standards, you want to make sure all items are upheld. So if someone says that they're going to pay you 50% before the show and 50% after, and you show up and they only have 40%, do not let that slide, especially if you're a new artist. And I say that for two reasons. One, it will affect your reputation as an artist you know, word could get out and people start thinking that you kind of let things slide when it comes to that. And two, even if you tell yourself, oh, next time I'm not going to let that slide, you're kind of building a habit, you know, and it's just easier to not build that habit if you just never take that action in the first place. So I know sometimes people are weird about confrontation and feeling like they might be able to start a conflict. But, you know, if it's something that you agreed to and they agreed to, just make sure they uphold it. There's nothing wrong with that. You're well within your rights. Um, So on that note, something else that you want to pay attention to in your contracts is the pay schedule. So, you know, make sure that you take note of when the deposit should be paid and make sure they pay it by that date. Um, That's also something that you might want to negotiate depending on where you are in your career and the type of rates that you request. Uh, Some people might want to break up the payments. And so you want to make sure that you're okay with how the payments are being broken up. Um, Same thing with cancellations. So typically uh, what I've seen a lot is that when it comes to cancellations, the purchaser um, typically has until a certain date to cancel. And then for the performer, the cancellation policy usually reads something like, uh, the performer may not cancel this contract except for proven inability to perform due to sickness, accident, acts of war, acts of God, or other legitimate causes beyond their control. Right? So make sure you understand that wording and make sure you understand what that means so that when something is canceled, you're not kind of like scratching your head as far as like what happens or what should happen or if you have any liability. Right? Um most people that I've worked with 
are really good about, you know, upholding the items of the contract. But I will say that I have been in some situations where people don't uphold their end and it could cost you money that you are supposed to receive. So even if you haven't dealt with this yourself, just make sure that you have good habits so that if someone does come along and you do end up in a situation where you could be taken advantage of, especially in terms of like a pay schedule or cancellation policy, you're well acquainted with the items in the contract and that just makes it harder for them to take advantage of you or not pay you what you're owed. The last recommendation that I have is in regards to financial stability. So recently I heard about a situation in a particular city where a lot of new and young artists were going through this one specific person to get booked. And she was really lowballing them. And they put up with it because, one, they're inexperienced. And two, because she made agreements with the most popular venues in the area to do their booking. But truth be told, based on what I've heard about the situation, if enough of them, especially the acts that are becoming very popular, would refuse those low rates, she'd have a harder time lowballing them all that way. Now, I know that's a bit of a tangent, but I brought that up because it was on my mind recently thinking about, you know, those artists in that situation or other artists that might be in similar situations that are having an even tougher time than artists that are getting paid what they're worth. And considering how often those artists perform, that doesn't have to be the case. So when you set your rates, um, I know a lot of people think about things like exposure, one, like some people are afraid to ask for more money because they're like, I really need the exposure. Um, and two, as mentioned earlier, there are some people who just shy away from conflict or confrontation and they feel like standing up for, you know, what they think they should be paid would lead to conflict and they'll shy away from that. Um, but when you set your rates, you have to take into consideration things like being able to put money into savings or the fact that you'll have to pay taxes on the money that you earn. Um, After some time in your career, you might even want to consider the wear and tear that's uh, happening to your gear whenever you do a certain amount of shows or you're traveling. So I would say research how much you should be paid, research the situations in which you should expect to be paid for things like travel time, the situations in which you should expect to pay for it, to be paid for things like rehearsal time, because, you know, even if you're a recording artist, um, especially if you're early in your career as a recording artist, you might end up doing all sorts of things as a musician to be compensated um, to make ends meet. So you might end up doing things like theater productions or, <laughs> or other types of work, you know, like as a session musician or a background musician. And so sometimes those different types of Uh, gigs and those different types of work will pay for travel time or will pay for rehearsal time. So definitely look into it, especially in the area where you're working and make sure you know, like what the expected rates are, what you should expect to be compensated for. Talk to more experienced musicians, people who have been doing this for a while and kind of get their take on, on rates and what you should expect and how you should negotiate and what you should do. So, you know, I know there are some situations where very new artists might need to do a free show or just play for the door and things like that. And so once again, this episode is mainly for people who perform often enough to where they're impacted by the kinds of cancellations that we're seeing right now. So if that's you, 
and you're playing that often, you shouldn't be playing for pennies. You know, this is a full-time job at this point. It should be a reliable source of income. So do your research, um, talk with people more experienced than you, and make sure you get an understanding of the value that you're bringing to the table as a performer and as an entertainer. And then make sure you're doing what's necessary in order to maintain that value and also increase that value. So that goes back to what I was saying at the top of the episode about engaging with fans and things of that nature. And once you understand your worth, focus on the opportunities that are going to pay you what you're worth. And just try to make sure that you set yourself up so that if you do experience a rash of cancellations or if there's a pandemic like this one, you're not the very next day wondering how you're going to eat, if, if, if at all possible. So I would say look into that. Uh, research that. If you have any comments or questions about any of the recommendations that I've made in this episode, or if you have other recommendations, uh, feel free to hit me up. Um, especially if you try the, the Facebook Live thing. I know some people do that regularly and some don't, but if you try it and you try the virtual tip jar, I would love to hear how that goes. So visit moneyfrommusic.com in the contact section, send me an email. Um, I do read all the emails and I'll reply and I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Hope to hear from you soon. Those are all my recommendations today. Thanks for listening to this special episode of the business part until next time.